0: Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply.
1: You don't put those inside of you, do you?
0: This is a show about women.
1: I mean, you do?
0: Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of The Samba, The Rumba, and The Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals, and 2 Mirrorball trophies. She knows all the secrets, the -the behind-the-scenes arguments and the affairs, the flings, the flirting and the fighting. Listen to Sex, Lies and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's Chelsea Handler. And if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes. I'm the editor-at-large for The 19th News, a nonprofit newsroom reporting on gender, politics, and policy. I'm also the host of a brand new weekly podcast from the 19th News and Wonder Media Network called The Amendment. Each week, we're bringing you a conversation about gender, politics, and the unfinished work of American democracy. Our very first episode features my dear friend and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Nicole Hannah-Jones. It's out now, so please go listen and follow the show. On top of all of this, I'm your guest host for this month of Womanica. This Black History Month, we're talking about revolutionaries, the Black women who led struggles for liberation from violent governments, colonial rulers, and enslavers. These women had the courage to imagine radically different worlds, and they used their power to try and pull those worlds into view. Today, we're talking about a woman whose work as a civil rights activist made her a target. She was the first woman added to the FBI's most wanted terrorist list, And she's refused to see herself as a criminal. She fought for Black liberation and spoke out against the criminality of the U.S. government. Let's talk about Asada Shakur. Asada Shakur was born in 1947. Her mother named her Joanne Deborah Byron. Asada spent the first few years of her life living in Jamaica, New York. When she was three years old, she moved down south with her grandparents to Wilmington, North Carolina. In 1950, North Carolina was segregated by race. Asada's grandparents made sure to raise her with a sense of personal dignity. Asada learned to hold her head up high, look white people in the eye, and speak up. They taught Asada that she was as good as anyone else. As a child, Asada loved to read and had a vivid imagination. When she wasn't daydreaming, she was working at her grandparents' restaurant or collecting fees for the beach parking lot that her grandparents operated. Eventually, Asada returned to New York, where she started attending an integrated school. She was often the only black child in her elementary school classes. Some of her white teachers would treat her differently. They would talk down to her and discipline her specifically, even if the whole class was misbehaving. At the age of 17, Asada dropped out of high school and started working. This was the mid-1960s. The news was filled with stories about the Vietnam War and uprisings in Black neighborhoods across the country, protesting government violence. Asada was reading that news and forming her own opinions. She started making friends with African students who studied at Columbia University. They taught her about the history of Vietnam's colonization and the views of communists. Eventually, Asada enrolled at the Borough of Manhattan Community College, she later went to the City College of New York. While in school, she got involved with a student group, the Golden Drums. She learned more about history, Black history, the history of capitalism and communism, and colonization. She cut her hair and grew an Afro. She attended demonstrations and started wondering how she could plot a revolution. To learn more about what revolution meant, Asada went to California where the Black Panther Party was founded. After meeting with revolutionary groups and exchanging ideas on the West Coast, she returned to New York. There, she joined the Black Panther Party. She worked in their medical cadre, then their free breakfast program. But Asada had deep ideological disagreements with party leadership, and eventually she left the Panthers. Even after her departure, she was surveilled. The government at the time was committed to eliminating the Panthers. In 1971, Asada went underground. She joined the Black Liberation Army, or BLA, a militant offshoot of the Black Panther Party. Asada later described the BLA as a people's movement of resistance against oppression. That same year, she officially changed her name to Asada Olubala Shakur. Between 1971 and 1973, Asada engaged in covert armed struggle as part of the BLA. During this time period, she faced charges for a series of crimes, including two bank robberies, kidnapping, and attempted murder of a policeman. About half those charges ended in acquittals, the other half were dismissed. On May 2, 1973, Asada was driving down the New Jersey Turnpike with Zaid Shakur and Sundiata Akali. Their car allegedly had a faulty tail light, and they were pulled over by state troopers. Accounts of what happened next vary, but we know that shots were fired, and when the dust settled, Zaid Shakur and state trooper Werner Forster were dead. Asada had been shot multiple times. Asada's arm was temporarily paralyzed from her bullet wounds her clavicle was broken, and one of her lungs had fluid in it. When she was taken to a hospital, she faced rampant abuse at the hands of the police while trying to recover. Eventually, she was incarcerated. In 1974, she gave birth while awaiting trial at Rikers Island, in dire living conditions. In March 1977, Asada received her first and only convictions. She was found guilty of six counts of assault and the murder of Werner Forster. The New Jersey State Trooper. The fairness of the trial was dubious. The jury was all white, and two jurors admitted their prejudice before the trial. During the trial, a neurologist testified that Asada's arm was paralyzed immediately after being shot, meaning she couldn't have fired a gun. Asada later said, quote, It was obvious I didn't have one chance in a million of receiving any kind of justice. Asada was sentenced to life in prison, plus 30 years. She was imprisoned with white supremacists, and she was held in two men's prisons. The United Nations later described Asada's confinement as totally unbefitting any prisoner. She was afraid that she would be murdered in prison, so she planned her escape. In 1979, Asada broke out of prison and went underground. She reappeared eight years later in Cuba. In 1987, she published Asada Shakur, an autobiography, which included an account of her early life and her time spent in prison, as well as her poetry. Many of the details we know about her life are thanks to these writings. The New Jersey state government kept trying to capture Asada Shakur after her disappearance. In 1997, Pope John Paul II was planning to visit Cuba. The New Jersey state police wrote a letter to the Pope asking him to help extradite Asada. Then, Asada wrote her own letter to the Pope. It opened with the lines, My name is Asada Shakur, and I am a 20th century escaped slave. In 2013, 40 years after Trooper Forster's death, the FBI put Asada on the most wanted terrorist list. Her bounty totaled $2 million. She was the first woman to appear on the list. Asada has managed to evade the United States government for more than 40 years. She's still alive today, and so is the revolutionary spirit that powered her. All month, we're talking about revolutionaries. For more information, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: You don't put those inside of you, do you?
0: This is a show about women.
1: I mean, you do? Yes.
0: Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of The Samba, The rumba, and The Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals, and 2 Mirrorball trophies. She knows all the secrets, the -the behind-the-scenes arguments and the affairs, the flings, the flirting and the fighting. Listen to Sex, Lies and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's Chelsea Handler. And if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Head to iHeartRadio.com Women's Day for more and listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.